0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel New?
2: It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: The Volume. Just a reminder that you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is the new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while I'm recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at Chris Mannix to get notified when I go live.
1: This is Boxing with Chris Mannix.
0: Somebody punch
1: him in the face.
0: Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this.
2: Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion.
1: Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing.
0: When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's
1: Chris Mannix.
0: This is Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. Special bonus episode of the podcast. If you uh listened on Wednesday, you heard Akin Barak join me to talk about all things Edgar Berlanga. You then heard Edgar Berlanga join me to talk all things Edgar Berlanga. So we had you covered on that front. And uh I tracked down Eddie Hearn earlier in the day on Thursday, grabbed him for a 20-minute-ish conversation that I was just going to have standalone. On this podcast. But then Thursday afternoon, we got some big news in boxing. Canelo Alvarez has agreed to a deal with PBC. I'm being told this is a multi fight deal with PBC. It is almost certain to begin with Jamal Charlo in September of this year and will go into next year. Maybe against David Benavidez. We'll see what happens as things shake out. Uh, with this deal but it seemed very worthy to get into so I texted the best insider I know Keith Idek, and he agreed to join me for a couple of minutes here on the show Keith um, let, let's start here I mean we we knew Canelo was talking to PBC we knew Matchroom was still trying to put its best foot forward here you know maybe dangle Berlanga in front of Canelo if Berlanga had won this fight upcoming against Jason Quigley in spectacular fashion what was your reaction to the news of the Canelo deal
2: uh the multi-fight part is is the most interesting part here Chris because it means that he's not doing Canelo's not doing what he did with the Caleb Plant fight it's not a one-off with PBC and Showtime pay-per-view uh he's here for the long term I mean for you know I would assume at least the next year, uh, 15 months or so, because he's not going to fight until September. If it's a three fight deal, you know, he probably would fight in May and then next September as he is apt to do. Um, And then I would see Benavidez probably being the third fight of that. If that, if that, that is indeed the case, uh, then Benavidez would probably be the third fight. Um, I know that's going to be longer than people want to wait to see him fight David Benavidez, but you know the Charlo fight uh, is, is is obviously interesting. It's a fight that we thought was going to happen a long time ago. Uh, it, that it probably is going to be Charlo. It might even be announced as soon as tomorrow by Canelo himself, from what I've been led to believe. Um, it, uh, assuming it's Charlo, yeah, the fight should have happened a few years ago at middleweight when he was the mandatory challenger for Canelo's WBC title. Um, Charlo is of course moving up from one sixty 160 to one sixty eight, Chris. But he's a big guy. I mean, I, he's he's over six foot tall, and he's much bigger than Canelo. So it's not like he's going to be facing some.
0: So you mentioned David Benavidez potentially being the third fight of this deal. This was a fight that was reportedly offered to Canelo for September. For whatever reason, Canelo opted not to go for it. You know, you hear a lot of stuff from Benavidez's side about why that deal didn't come together, but it is the most marketable fight for Canelo at 168. It's probably the most, I don't want to say lucrative because I don't know what Canelo's guarantees are, but it certainly has the biggest upside in terms of pay-per-view sales and public interest in his next fight. What's your understanding of, of why Canelo's not going straight into a David Benavidez fight?
2: Well, I just think from Canelo's perspective, he views it as the most dangerous fight on the PPC side, you know, because, charlos is, I'm not saying Charlo's is going to be an easy fight for Canelo by any stretch, assuming it is Charlo. Um, but he has been off for two years. He didn't look particularly good against Juan Macias Montiel. Uh, supposedly had an injury last year when he postponed his fight or, or canceled his fight against Macias Sulecki. And, uh, you know, he's had some personal issues and everything and admitted to having some mental health struggles and everything. So you don't know which Jamal Charlo is going to show up in September to fight Canelo. Uh, but I think there will be a lot of public interest in that fight as well, despite his long layoff, because Charlo is a talented guy. He's a, he's a big, strong guy. I don't think it'll be an easy fight for Canelo. I would favor Canelo to win uh, more than anything, because Char- you just don't know what to make of Charlo at this point in his career. He's 33 years old now, uh, although basically the same age as Canelo. Just that that type of inactivity going into a fight that difficult is not good. Um but Charlo is a very polarizing guy. I mean, people have a pin- strong opinions of Jamal Charlo one way or the other. So I think there will be very there will be great public interest in the fight, much more so than if he had fought Edgar Berlanga. Um, so from that perspective, I mean, you have a a quote unquote star on the other side. Not of course, no one's as big a star as Canelo, but but you have a star fighter on the other side who will. Uh, help sell the event as well. But uh, the short answer there, Chris is, I just think he views Benavidez as the most dangerous super middleweight on the PBC side. Of course, Charlo is technically still a middleweight, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's probably why. And, And I don't blame him because Benavidez is a big, young, strong guy who never stops throwing punches, not saying that Canelo couldn't beat him. But if you're, if you're trying to maximize your money, which obviously he is, that's the smartest play. You know, you make Benavidez the, now, I don't know who necessarily makes sense in the middle. And, and, of course, that's, again, assuming he beats Charlo, which is not an, it's not an easy fight despite Charlo's long name.
0: Yeah, and um, with Benavidez, maybe you make him work a little bit in the meantime. Uh, I don't know where it stands with Benavidez, David morell. Samson Lukowicz is out there saying it's going to happen. David Benavidez is out there saying, no, we don't have a deal. Uh, do you think that fight happens between Benavidez and morell
2: Look, it's, it's not. Uh, I, there's a reason that Benavidez is saying that that fight is not happening next. Again, not saying David Benavidez couldn't fu- beat David Morell, but that's the toughest fight for him in the super middleweight division other than Canelo Alvarez. Um, some people might even argue that it's tougher than Canelo Alvarez because he's a big, young, strong Southpaw. Who's clearly, not nearly as proven as Canelo Alvarez, but he's very good. And if you're David Benavidez, not that he's afraid of anyone or anything, and, and I, I've i seen all the things that Morrell has been saying. His publicist has been sending out a release per day basically this week, calling out David Benavidez, and understandably so. Uh, but you're not going to fight David Morrell next when you, when you think that you have Canelo hanging in the balance, even if it means waiting a year from the Charlo fight. You're going to wait that out because David mm-hmm. Benavidez is only 26 years old. I mean, people... I wonder sometimes if people realize how young he actually is because he started his career at 16. He's still a very young guy and the, the, the very beginning of his physical prime for the most part. So he can wait. It's going to bother him to wait. And, of course, you're taking a risk against Charlo or what if Charlo beats him. Uh, but I, there's, a, there's a very good reason why David Benavidez specifically mentioned Jaime Munguia because they think that that is a fight that they can put together would be a big fight among Mexican fans. They think maybe now since PBC and golden boy have done some business together and Showtime has done some sort of business with the zone, they probably think that there's a pathway toward making that fight happen. I don't know that you're going to convince Jaime Munguia to do that. (laughs) Basically a brutal fight that you were just calling from ringside a few weeks ago, but it would be a fun fight and from Benavidez's perspective a much safer fight obviously Chris than fighting David Morel Jr.
0: Yeah, I and you know one of the some of the fallout from Canelo signing this deal with PBC takes an Edgar Berlanga fight off the table and maybe puts Berlanga in a position to being available for a Munguia fight. And if I'm Jaime Munguia, I want Edgar Berlanga before I want David Benavidez. That is a much more winnable fight for him, and certainly a makeable one from the political perspective. They're both under the uh, DAZN "quote unquote" banner, and there's money there. I think for. I think that fight would do exceptionally well, whether it's Southern California, Las Vegas, New York. You're probably talking about a pretty significant gate given these guys' popularity and and you know kind of the fan bases that they bring. If I'm Mungia, that's the fight I'm. Having Fernando Beltran and the folks over at Golden Boy push for not the the Benavidez fight that that is that that to me feels like almost a sure loss whereas Berlanga you know at worst probably fifty fifty in my mind for Bungia
2: right yeah, no I, I I totally understand what you're saying Chris um, I I think Benavidez would brutalize Jaime Mungia <laughs> something I just saw against uh, Derevianchenko. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a much safer play for him and, and, and a fight that he could win, as you said, because Berlanga, uh, I'm interested to see how Berlanga looks against Jason Quigley on Saturday. Does he blow Jason Quigley out or does he get extended the distance and look maybe like he did in some of his other fights where he went the distance in the recent the last couple of years? I mean, if, if he can't get rid of, and there's no offense to Jason Quigley, tough kid and everything, but if he can't get rid of Jason Quigley, and Demetrius Andrade, who's not really known as the biggest puncher at middleweight, uh, you were there ringside in, in New Hampshire and just blew him out. So Berlanga should be should be able to do something somewhat similar to that. And if he can't, well, then if you're Jaime Munguia, why wouldn't you want to fight him?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Last thing for you: uh, people don't really care how the sausage is made in boxing, but I found it kind of funny that you had. Samson Lukowitz out there, who is effectively a PBC promoter. His money is flows from the PBC coffers. You know, WhatsApping Eddie Renoso offers to fight David Benavides while Eddie Reynoso is negotiating this multi-fight deal with Al Heyman. Does like you're more in the trenches on this than I am? But I, I thought I've just found this whole. Process to be kind of hilarious like you knew matchroom was out at least in the short term pretty early because a people fight was never Really gonna come together and Berlang it was more a pipe dream than than a reality, but what did you make of kind of? The, the way the the left-handed within PBC doesn't really know what the right hand is necessarily doing
2: I'm not really sure if Samson did all of that without Al's knowledge. I would find that highly unlikely at the same time Samson then later said that he never said that he was offered $50 million. I, I don't know, I, I, but that is what he said. Now, maybe he's backtracking because there was some backlash internally. I, I don't really know. I know uh, that Samson was really pushing, obviously, for the benefit. He's doing what he's supposed to do for his fighter. Benavidez really wanted that fight next, so they tried to make it happen. Of course, you know th- this money that's being offered it ain't coming out of Samson Lukowicz's pocket. It's, it's, you know, Alman is the one who's giving the the okay. So that, you know, so they're working in conjunction, obviously, with the numbers that were being thrown at Canelo. Um, but again, you, you probably could have told him, we'll pay you $60 million, and he just was not going to fight David Benavidez next um, for the reasons we discussed earlier in this podcast. So he's trying to maximize his money and strategically do the type of matchmaking that they think makes the most sense. And that's why he's probably going to fight Jamal Charlo in the first fight of this deal.
0: Yeah, as someone in that PBC universe texted me earlier today. It's Al's world and we just all live in it. So it's uh all all down to what Al Heyman decides is is ultimately going to get done. But I uh, look I'm gonna give PBC credit. They're on a great run. They made the Ryan Garcia Tank Davis fight happen. They made Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford happen and now, you know, they've attracted the most bankable star in boxing to be in some significant fights over the next 12 to 18 months. So that that's that's a feather in the cap of PBC I think.
2: I don't know really what more they could have done on the PBC side to to satisfy people who who've rightly been critical at times for them not making the fights that the fans wanted to see the most. I mean, we're going to see uh Tank Garcia um not that the Inaway Fulton fight has been building for years or anything, but we're going to see great the,
0: fight. Yeah.
2: Great fight. We're going to see the Inaway Fulton fight and Spence Crawford within four or five days of each other uh, late in July. We're going to see the likelihood is, is that we see Spence Crawford twice within like a four or five month span, um, assuming the loser activates his rematch clause. Uh, and now, like you said, Chris, to have the biggest star in boxing, the most bankable star in American boxing in the fold for the next 15, 16 months, whatever that. Uh, equates to, you can't ask for more than that. At the same time, you know, a lot of these fights were fights that should have happened before now. Hmm. It, it's great that they're finally happening. It's better late than never. Um, but it is a hell of a run that they're on. And, uh, you know, we're, look, boxing fans complain when they when they don't get what they want. And, again, rightfully so. You can't complain when you get what you want to.
0: <laughs> sure you can. Sure you can in yeah. boxing. You can complain whatever yeah. you It doesn't matter if you get what you want, don't get what you want. You always complain. But it is a great run that boxing's on. Hopefully, it continues in the second half of the year uh, as well. Keith Idek, follow him at BoxingScene.com. We'll be all over this Canelo story all over the weekend. Check him out on Twitter, too, at Boxing. Great to catch up, Keith. Appreciate the time. Same here, Chris. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do. Because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for
1: angie can even help with extremely specific projects just tell them what you need and angie will find the right solution for you get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i.com or
3: download the app today
0: all right eddie hearn is here matchroom boxing czar can i call you a czar Is that I work don't
3: know. It's a good title. You also, when I watched the interview back from the ring on Saturday, you called yeah. me the promoter in question.
0: A record, didn't I? Oh, of record. Of record. Sorry, That's yeah, a yeah, right.
3: Yeah. That's so a promoter yeah, was of different. record. I've never heard I try
0: that, to mix things up a little yeah. bit. You can't be like, Eddie Hearn, promoter of exactly. this fight. Exactly. Eddie Hearn, promoter. So you're the czar, you're the czar okay. of matchroom boxing. Sounds good to me. It's a lofty title. Yes. It's pretty good. Uh, he is in New York for this weekend's show, headlined by Edgar Berlanga. First fight for matchroom for Berlanga takes on Jason Quigley at the theater at Madison Square Garden. It's a fight you can watch. To I've been thinking about this, Eddie. The last couple of days,
3: what would you what is success for Edgar Berlanga on Saturday night? Only a statement, only a knockout. You know, look, we, we saw last week with Regis a tremendous amount of hype fighting in your hometown. He even admitted to the pressure after the fight, so it was disappointing. Zarilla didn't help, but really, the truth is. If we're going to talk about Canelo, if we're going to talk about Munguia, if we're going to talk about Golovkin, he's got to be making a statement against Jason Quigley. Mm. Quigley is a world-class fighter, not a champion, not elite, but has been there, has mixed it. And what I like about the fight is there's a lot of people in boxing that feel that the hype is not real against Edgar Belanga. They know the star quality. They know the the ticket sales. They know the atmosphere. But is he actually any good? Mm. We'll find out against Quigley. And, you know, I'm not saying, like I said, that Quigley's going to go on and, and fight Canelo Alvarez. But Quigley will at least show the level that you're at. If you are world-class, you will go through him and you will stop him. If you're not, you may struggle. And there's a few people that think he may struggle this weekend. And I've seen Edgar walking around media, you know, float at the Puerto Rican Brigade last week. <laughs> the pressure's on. Does Quigley's performance against
0: Demetrius Andrade work against Quigley, or work against Berlang in this fight.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Demetrius always starts well. Mm-hmm. He, every fight that he's been in that's gone to points, he's had the opponent hurt, yeah. he's had them down. I mean, we saw it against Nicholson in the last fight. Mm-hmm. We saw it against Sulecki. We saw it against Docker We saw it against, you know, so it's nothing new. What mm-hmm. Quigley did was decided to hold his feet and have a fight. Mm-hmm. And he also broke his jaw in the mm-hmm. process. And he also didn't have Andy Lee in the corner. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot working against Quigley in that fight. Mm-hmm. Also, I think his days at 160 were very tight. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to enjoy it up at 168. Mm -hmm. But, let's be honest, right now, Edgar Belanga is not Demetrius Mm Andre in terms of, you know, an elite fighter. So, we'll see the levels that that he's at. A lot of pressure, a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. But if he can make a statement and go in and create a sensational knockout, it's going to really help his momentum.
0: You have promoted the last half dozen or more Canelo fights since uh, late 2021. You talked to... Eddie Renoso, I'm sure, semi-regularly. Mm. Do you believe a Canelo pl- a fight is in play right now for the fall for Edgar Berlanga? Uh,
3: I mean, probably not. Look, if he, we know Canelo Berlanga sells. Whether we, the boxing purists, think that Berlanga has deserved that fight is another question altogether. Let's be honest. In terms of his resume, he doesn't. But that doesn't really matter when you're making fights mm. If he produces a sensational knockout, jumps on the ropes, and screams Canelo Alvarez's name, mm-hmm. he at least puts himself in the hat. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. I think that fight can be a monster. Mm-hmm. The way it becomes a monster is for Edgar Belanger to knock out Jason Quigley and then knock out a big name in the winter. <laughs> Mungia. Hey, there Golovkin. we go. There oh, we, your, go. Your, your hey, favorite, we go. Your
0: favorite. Let's get, but, well, that, that's an everyone's favorite. Yeah, I guess,
3: like, I guess if you're Keith Connolly, mm-hmm and you're managing the career of Edgar Belanga, you're trying to navigate the best way to Canelo Alvarez. Mm. So what you don't really want to do is have too many 50-50s mm. where you're tossing a coin to get the Canelo How about Alvarez 150/50? fight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, just right. one? Yeah. It's okay. And also, the, see, see the, the positive, the upside of the Munguia fight yeah. is if you go and beat Munguia, a fellow Mexican, all of a sudden, that Canelo fight is a mega fight. Mm. You're doubling your own money going into that fight right. by beating Mungia. Yeah. But it's getting the mix right. You haven't got to convince me You've got to convince sometimes the handlers, the trainers, that that is worth the risk. And listen, I think Munguia against Berlanga is a mega event. Mm. I really do.
0: That's I, I said this on a show earlier in the week. You can't name me two or three better fights in the second half of this year than Berlanga against Munguia. It is a fight that I think would sell out in Vegas, in Southern California, yeah. here in New York. Main room, here, yeah. Main yeah. room yeah. here in New York. Two guys with their own fan bases. Two guys that don't take one step backward. Mm. It's hard to find a fight that's bigger than that and I think frankly Munguia would take it mm. I think he would take I think Golden Boy would take it I think Berlanga's team are the ones you'd have yeah. to convince to ultimately take I it I
3: think that Berlanga's team are still feeling that there's work to do I think mm. Saturday is gonna put mm. us in a good position to see what's next but they
0: can't watch and look Keith Conley represents Dervinchenko mm. like they can't have watched Mungia Dervinchenko and think their guy would be overmatched. Derevynchenko, for all his talent, is 37 mm. and is a middleweight. Berlang is a full-fledged 168 mm. with more of a, more power, at least, than, than Dervinchenko. That That's a winnable fight
3: yeah, for him. Yeah, it is. It's, it's still a 50-50 fight at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a case of, as you noted, mm. the business, yeah. whether they're prepared to take a 50-50 fight now. Mm. What's the money? How big is that fight? And then there's a, a discussion to be had. I think Berlanga's team will have a lot more confidence mm. come an impressive victory on Saturday. Are you under the belief that Canelo against Charlo is what's coming in the fall? I guess so. You know, I mean, the only conversations really I've had with Eddie and Sal is to let them know that we're not in a position to move forward with a Dimitri Bivol fight at the moment. They've been having their separate conversations. They need to plan their future and their fight for September. Um, And I think, you know, fight wise in terms of what's out there, there's Benavidez, there's Charlo, uh, of course, there's Badu Jack conversations as well. For us, you know, the other options, I guess, from a DAZN point of view are Bivol, if that gets momentum. Mungia, mm-hmm. which I still think is a good fight and a big fight as well. Belanga, subject to something crazy and impressive this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think Charlo is the front runner, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, where they're up to, I'm not sure.
0: What is the biggest reason that
3: a Dmitry Bivol rematch isn't happening? Really, the stubbornness of the competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, Dmitry Bivol says, I've beaten you. I don't feel like it was competitive. I'm not overly motivated by the rematch. I don't really care about money. I care about legacy. So let me fight you at one sixty eight. Mm. Let me fight for the undisputed championship and we've got a fight. Mm. Canelo says, I don't want to bring you down to one sixty-eight for the first time in your career. Get a load of criticism for beating you when I want to beat you on the same terms as last time. Mm. It's very similar in a you know smaller way between Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron rematch as well, you know? So Ultimately, the competitive stubbornness of both is probably what's keeping that fight apart at the moment. Um, I don't think we're going to see it in September. I think Bivol's going to probably defend in August, uh, stroke September, and then face the winner of Callum Smith against Betterbeef. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most likely route. Whether that opens up then the fight between Bivol and Canelo in the, uh, the, the summer Mm. on Cinco de Mayo of next year could be interesting. I mean, if Bivol gets undisputed at 175, all of a sudden, Bivol against Canelo at 175 for undisputed Mm. is is a mega event.
0: There's a belief in boxing that better Bivol can't happen because the money just isn't there for those two guys. Where do you stand on
3: that? I disagree. You know, I think that, um, look, better Bivol's never made big money. That's the reality. Bivol has, but only because he fought Canelo Alvarez. Mm. Um, I think that's a, a fight that could be a big fight in the Middle East. Mm. It's probably the best fight in boxing, but there's no point talking about it because when Callum Smith knocks be of Spark out in August, mm. all of a sudden it changes in terms of its location. Mm. And I truly believe that Callum Smith will knock him out. I can just see it. I keep picturing it. Um, And if he does, that fight's super easy to make. So we'll see what happens in August. I heard you
0: say, with relation to Canelo, that you're thinking about January of Mm. next year. Is that something? Is is, is he thinking about
3: that? We always discuss with Eddie Reynoso the possibility of a January February fight. Mm. Um, The Saudi fight, you know, if if you're planning a Badu Jack fight, September, I just think is unrealistic, Mm. full stop. You know, but if you're planning. Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder in December, January, February, March is kind of like the period that is open in the Middle East in mm. terms of weather, in terms of you know prior to Ramadan. So that could be an option. I think January and February is only a, an option for Canelo Alvarez mm. in the Middle East. So th- those mm. talks will... will be ongoing.
0: You told me in the ring last week that you plan to meet with Bill Haney, with the Mm. Haneys this week. Have you done that yet?
3: No, I spoke to Devin yesterday. Um, He's due in to New York at some point. Um, And I said to him, you know, very clear about Regis Progre, this is not about luring Devin Haney into a five-fight deal with Mm. Matrim and DeZone. This is just making a great fight. So there's no excuse for Devin Haney. Mm. There's no contract that comes with it. Do Mm. you believe you can beat Regis Progre? Let's get it made. Now, Mm. I've got to get the money up for Devin and Bill, which is going to be fun and interesting in itself. <laughs> but also, he's in discussions with the Middle East himself, of right. which I said, will come. You know, I want Regis Progray to get a big opportunity, you know, a financially big opportunity. And if it means traveling, if it means fighting on another show, if it means, we have no problem with that at all because I don't want to see Regis in Zorilla fights. Mm-hmm. I want to see him test himself and prove that he is a real player mm-hmm. and the best at 140. What do
0: you make of Skills Challenge, the Middle East... Saudi Arabia specifically, not just looking to put on fights now, but seemingly looking to sign fighters. They signed Alexander Usyk to mm. a deal. Devin Haney, you mentioned Deontay Wilder. It seems like is there's he's they're circling him. What do you make of this? It seems like a shift in what the priorities are over there.
3: Yeah, I don't feel that it's you know they're looking to put a year-round calendar of fights and events. Things do move very slowly there, but certainly they're looking to make a, a further investment in boxing um i don't i think that they're open to those fighters fighting elsewhere obviously they want to stage major events in mm. saudi as well <clears throat> but also you have to understand they're a huge boxing fans. so mm. for prince khalid who's you know the, the main man there in terms of the boxing movement he's a huge boxing fan mm. so i'm not saying it's a hobby but also <laughs> at the same time he's very excited mm. to sign fighters of that magnitude mm. and it's, it's one thing signing them. It's another thing servicing them. Mm. And that's the problem that all promoters have. So um, like we said, if those fighters do sign to Skills Challenge, mm. we would be very happy to, to bring our fighters to Saudi Arabia, like Regis Progre, and help them deliver. Because <clears throat> as we know, once you make that move, it's very likely that others will close the door. Mm. So if they went to... Sign with Skills Challenge. Top rank may say you're not getting TFEMO, You're mm-hmm. not getting. All of a sudden, there's bad energy between those guys. I'm saying we'll come. We've got the world champion. You want to fight for the WBC world title? Regis is ready to go. So I think it's a good thing. You know how glacially they move over there. It
0: takes a lot for them to put a deal. Yes. Together. Have you expressed that to the Haneys and said, "Look, we, we want to get Regis out"? Yeah, at I mean, some they're, point, they're the next wants months. Months to fight in yeah. September. And again, I just Is that feasible? Like, if you can come to a number, is Haney-Progray realistic in September?
3: Yes. Yes, mm. definitely on the zone. But it's just a case of, you know, is it realistic in Saudi? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing the pace that they're moving for the December fight with AJ. I'm confident it'll get done because I've worked with them before. If I hadn't, I wouldn't be. Mm. But it does take time. Uh,
0: everyone in boxing got the press release from Dimitri Salida suggesting Jarrell Miller yeah. for Anthony Joshua. You've dismissed that as... A, a possibility for Anthony in August. My question is kind of why? Like, mm. you, you're you're going to get a guy in the top 15, but mm. he's probably not going to be a big name or a big ticket mm. seller individually. Jarrell Miller, for all his flaws, is a big mouth. Mm. And he's got an undefeated record, and he's got a history there. Why is that not at least it a consideration? Really
3: sit well with me, you know, and people can talk about Conor, but it's very, very different. Mm. If you look at the history of Jarrell Miller, if you look at the the way in which he failed his tests and the way that those substances were consumed, it really don't sit well for me. And it caused us a lot of aggravation, a lot of pain. So it is a little bit personal. Also, it's seven weeks to go. Mm. He's not enrolled in the VADA testing that we would like to, to have in a standard Anthony Joshua fight that normally happens 12 weeks before. The time we got that fight signed and the time he enrolled in that program, you're probably looking at five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. No, thank you, is the answer. And I'm not, I am not—I never rule it out forever because I understand the size of the fight. But I don't feel that Jarrell Miller is really the guy that's going to prepare AJ for Deontay Wilder and also to, to showcase the work that he's been doing with Derek James over mm-hmm. the last 10 to 12 months. Mm-hmm. So no to Jarrell Miller, but who knows in this crazy game one day.
0: So you're not ruling out down the line if Jarrell can get his act together get in that Vada program I just think
3: the the way boxing works is <laughs> yeah. I've learned to rule something out we'll, you know you know these interviews never go away Chris <laughs> hey
0: maybe back in New York exactly. in, in two or three years uh, last thing for you is you just announced as we're recording this the Sonny Edwards mm-hmm. Bam Rodriguez fight you said that was going to get done uh presumably for the fall I
3: mean yes. what are we looking yeah, we're at looking there? at sort of end of November early December yeah There'll be an official announcement. We want to we try and get this schedule up and running from August to December mm-hmm. on zone to give you the full announcement. And, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a big part of that. One of the best fights in boxing, I think. I mean, we've been working on it for a while. Mm-hmm. There's a few little hurdles to overcome this week, but mm-hmm. great fight. Mm-hmm. Great fight. It's going to be in America. Um, looks like it's going to be on the West Coast. Fair play mm-hmm. to Sonny Edwards. Mm-hmm. Fair play to, to Bam Rodriguez. It's mm-hmm. exactly what we want. The best be the best. Mm-hmm. And time to see who is the very best in the flyweight division.
0: What is your understanding of Jesse's jaw, like the health and getting back in the gym? What are you trying yeah, to say? He's his time, he's back
3: in the gym now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a while since that fight. Now, mm-hmm. I guess he's going to be ready to spar. You know, maybe in about a month or six, seven weeks' time. Mm-hmm. He's got plenty of time to prepare for the fight. And that's, I think, another reason why he deserves respect is because. He's going straight from that injury mm. into probably the toughest fight in the division. Mm. Um, but he doesn't want to hang around. You know, he went to 112 to unify mm. and he's keeping to his word. Are you, you want to get one
0: champion in that division Absolutely. as well? How, what are the movements on that? You so got Martinez. Ma- yeah,
3: Martinez has to fight Arroyo, which has been mm. you know, going on for, for, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that will be hopefully in September in Mexico. Mm. Then we want to make the Delakian fight. Could even land on the same card. Mm. Um, and then the winners fight the winner. Mm. You know, one champion by spring, 2024 is exactly mm-hmm. what we want in the sport how easy is that Delakian versus Martinez fight I mean make? there's nothing else for him yeah so really it's just mm-hmm. a case of negotiation mm-hmm. I think he's got some association with Queensbury but what's Dalakian gonna do mm-hmm. I mean if he doesn't get in the mix mm-hmm. he's not gonna make a penny mm-hmm. so you know hopefully and he wants to prove he's the best as well
0: so if you get a sign off to circle back to Edgar Berlanga if you get a sign off on uh, you know from Berlanga's team on Monday to make a Munguia fight no, you're all you, over this aren't you well yeah that's a great fight. Yeah. It's better than Andre Charlo. Yeah, anyway, yeah. with that, um, how are you and Oscar De La Hoya going to get along in those negotiations? Know, look, at the end
3: of the day, you know, Munguia needs a dance partner. Yeah, and the thing is with Munguia and Oscar De La Hoya, let's be honest, they don't really want to take any risk, mm. and they might look at Belanga as a winnable fight, mm. and that, that's why that fight could get made, because let's be honest, they chose Venchenko because he was old mm. and because he was done, really, but still a name. Mm. Good matchmaking, good fight but they never really want to fight anyone of note, do they? So they might look at Belanga and go, mm. I mean, really, like, Gennady Golovkin, if he fights again, Mungir Golovkin, mm. unbelievable fight. Mm. Belanga Golovkin. Have you talk
0: to Golovkin's people at all? Yeah,
3: we've, Frank spoke to him the other day. We, we was going to go and see him. I think I think he wants to fight again. Really? Yeah, and I think that, you know, he's vacated the belt, so there's mm. no kind of outstanding pressure. Yeah. But, you know, time is ticking. Mm. And it's about money. Mm-hmm. And is those fights going to generate the kind of money that's going to get Gennady Golovkin what's out of it? The, What's
0: the fight that generates the kind of money for him? Like, is it Berlanga?
3: Like, is it Munguia? Possibly. Like, I mean, is it Mungia? Like, you know, it's not going to generate the money he's used to. Yeah. But it has to come down to a little bit of desire. You know, if it's purely he money. paid him pretty well last yeah, time. Yeah, oh, he's that's... been paid very well for, for a number <laughs> of years. Yeah. But, you know, if it's just about money, I don't think you'll see him fight again. Mm-hmm. But you think, but based on those conversations, you think he's interested in doing yeah, it? Yeah, I think he wants to fight again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom
0: Boxing Czar, appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. I'm so excited to tell you, JC Penney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy.